Hello and welcome to the College of Optometrists podcast with me, Martin Cordiner, Head of Research at the College. Or is it? One of the things the COVID lockdown has provided, for some at least, is time and a curiosity to try new things. So how about podcasting? College counsellor and optometrist Dr Parth Shah decided to have a crack at it. So we've given him the chance to do so with a college podcast takeover. Over the course of three episodes, Path will be sharing his thoughts and quizzing his guests about the lockdown and how it might affect you, from personal well-being and professional development to preparing your practice for reopening. He'll also presumably be sharing his thoughts on any number of other things if he decides not to give the podcast back. But hey, I for one welcome past thoughts on the 1953 Men's FA Cup Final. Presumably he'll get to that eventually. You'll be joining Path and his guests for this series, but we'll also be cranking out some of our usual podcast episodes. So remember to subscribe so that you don't miss out. Please also like and review the podcast because we really like that sort of thing and we hope it provides a useful way for you to stay connected. Until next time, stay safe and take care. Hello, my name is Path Shah. And as well as your host, I'm also an optometrist, practice director and college council member for the East of England. Recently, having found slightly more time in my hands and finding that I'm absolutely useless at cooking in DIY, I found myself desperately searching for new stuff to do. Fortunately, the college needed someone to run this podcast, so I happily volunteered, knowing it would allow me to look all serious and busy in front of the PC and, most importantly, get out of homeschooling duties. We live in unprecedented times, which, by the time you listen to this, may have started its slow trudge towards normality. I hope you're all well and staying at home, unless, of course, you're listening to me whilst out on your daily run or brisk walk. Our world has changed, and life as we knew it may never quite be the same again. That said, there are always opportunities in adversity, and this time, for many, has provided a moment for reflection, to stop and step back from the detail of daily doing and ask ourselves some of the bigger questions. These podcasts will aim to reflect on the lockdown from three different angles, the personal, the practice and the professional. Our first show today will focus on the individual. We will be talking about ways to look after ourselves at this current time. Just like Superman, Clark Kent, Wonder Woman and Diana, beneath every super optom saving the world one lid wipe at a time, there is a real human being. I know an actual real person. And at this time, any sense of normality has been thrown into complete disarray, and we may find ourselves going through various emotional highs and lows. Healthcare professionals are absolutely not immune to physical and mental ailments, and it is imperative that whilst we spend a huge part of our lives caring for others, we take the time to care for ourselves in the process. So to help us today, we have a fantastic guest to guide us through the landscape of well-being. Kushman Deva has been qualified as an optometrist for 18 years, working for both multiple and independent practices in that time. He currently owns two independent practices and is also a college facilitator. In addition to this, Kush is a practicing yoga teacher, running classes at several studios in central London. He actively practices mindfulness and meditation, and if this wasn't enough, Kush is a trained volunteer for the Samaritans. Kush, it's great to have you on the show. It's great to be here. Now, I have to start by asking you, what gets you out of bed in the morning? I mean, I'm just tired reading out your bio. Well, Path, that's easy. I partially moved from optometry to the yoga field for the money. I mean, have you ever met a yoga teacher who doesn't drive a Tesla? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, though, 
I do love optometry, but I was curious of life beyond community care. Volunteering was me wanting to give back, so I started to be a listener for the Samaritans. Teaching yoga, well, that evolved from a natural curiosity. I initially got into yoga due to a back injury, and I still remember for me my first class. It was like love at first pose. I loved the challenge, the studio, and the new circle of people I met. It helped me stay fitter, calmer, and more focused. But in all of your roles, I mean, you must come across many people who are concerned, particularly at this time. Why do you think it's important for optometrists to focus on ourselves? We're all busy people, and we all have lots of things to do. What's the need for self-care? It feels a little hippie, doesn't it? Well, wearing uh, socks and sandals and tree-hugging isn't top of my list either. But one thing is for sure, the hippies were super chilled, so they were definitely onto something. Or on something? But in all seriousness, the ideas of self-care can sound a little bit left-field for us data-driven science geeks. But in truth, science is only now catching up with much of the wisdom practiced thousands of years ago. We may feel we're immune from ailments as we're optometrists, we're healthcare professionals, we know what to do, just need to be strong and carry on for our patients. But all the more reason we need to connect with ourselves so we can be of help to those around us. You see, historically, our worries came in different packaging, unique to our gender, personality, nationality, or even social status. But we are in an odd time where the label on all our immediate worries is actually the same, COVID-19. This unique situation means we are not alone, but also we are all in this without a dress rehearsal. This feeling of not being in this situation before can lead to many responses, with anxiety being a common one. Some of you may already have had some experiences, but for many of us, it is very foreign. And what are some of the ways in which anxiety manifests? Well, firstly, I'd like to stress, Path, that anxiety is not a sign of weakness or lack of bravery. It's actually a natural response to the unknown. As clinicians, we are aware of the fear response, which is part of our body's reaction to danger. Usually, the rational part of our brain then reasons by using past experience to reassure the mind that all will be well eventually. As a pandemic is new to us all, and the social distancing even more so, the brain cannot subconsciously predict an outcome. This leads to uncertainty, a feeling like you're out of control, and this leads to anxiety. With rolling news amplifying the effect, and social media spreading the anxiety faster than COVID itself, this can lead to an unprecedented, sustained level of cortisol, an anxiety-inducing hormone in the body. Reading the wrong Facebook post can be the equivalent of someone sneezing on your mind from halfway across the world. In short, we may be seeing signs of worry we may not have seen before. And as actually anxiety affects the body before the mind, we may even be missing the very early signs, which are usually shortness of breath, headaches, palpitation, weight gain, even disturbing dreams, or generally becoming irritable. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things we could be doing to help ourselves. We spend lengthy amounts of time alone, little social interaction, only being able to go out once a day, reading and texting a lot in the darkened room. And that was before lockdown. Let's talk about physical well-being first. I mean, I'm finding that at home, whilst I'm trying to stay active, 
I'm dipping in and out of the fridge so much I'm getting a suntan from the fridge light. Kush, what are some of the strategies you feel we could use to help ourselves physically at this time? Thankfully, there is plenty we can do, even during uh, social distancing. Firstly, change the scene. I mean, go out into nature. Maybe it's tea in the garden, a walk in the park. You see, daylight breaks are always healthy, so long as it's consistent with government guidelines. Secondly, move your body. You see, you've got to dust down that bike you bought years ago when you promised yourself you would stop playing Pokemon Go. And actually go for that jog or run with those box fresh trainers that you've never worn. Embrace the opportunity of time without Tinder. Studies have shown that swimming in outdoor Lidos releases mood-boosting dopamine. We can mimic this effect by taking a cold shower after that run or cycle ride, even if it's just for a few seconds. Also, there are an insane number of fitness studios and instructors running classes online. Tell me about it. I'm seeing Joe Wicks in my dreams right now. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely more in my wife's dreams than mine, but there we go. <laughs> Interval training can be tough, and I do love a good hit class. But maybe I'm biased, but I find yoga an ideal option to try during this time. You see, you don't really need any equipment. I mean, a mat is ideal, but just you and your body will do. You don't need to be super strong or flexible. That is just a myth as you can work at your own pace. Yoga brings not just flexibility, but um, also strength into our bodies. Making those shapes in a class not only helps strengthen the muscles, but also helps invigorate our spinal cord, the biggest nerve connected to our brain. And it also gently massages our internal organs that can help our digestion to even increasing better control of our hormones. But the key part of yoga is that it is working to calm your mind by focusing on your breath and your attention. It's very interesting. Because you've been a yoga teacher for several years now, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Fierce Grace, which is the, the type of yoga you're involved with? Yeah, sure. Fierce Grace is an interconnected 10-class yoga system based on various types of yoga, from Ashtanga, Power, to classical Hatha yoga, Iyengar yoga, and even Bikram yoga. Along with this are physiotherapy exercises fused within the poses. It's called Fierce Grace as it balances strength and flexibility. Because of the range of classes suitable for all levels from novice to advance, I find this type of yoga ideal for those who are not into yoga. And also for those who are into yoga, they find Fierce Grace refreshingly new. The great part is, with today's technology, you can do any of these classes from the comfort and privacy of your own home. But another way to help calm the mind is to get breathing. Attention and breath are two underrated tools we have. Taking deep breaths is well known for calming the mind. A useful technique to help make it more immersive is called the five finger breath technique. Uh, how does this work? Can you demonstrate it, please, for us? Uh, raise your right hand. Okay. Right? You got that? Yeah. Great. Now raise your right hand, but the palm is facing away from you, and now spread your fingers out. Okay. With the index finger of your left hand, use it to trace around the fingers of your right hand. So, you get your index finger of your left hand, and you start from the wrist. Place it on the wrist, and now breathe in, 
as you run your finger up the side of the thumb towards the nail. Then, breathe out as the finger traces over the thumbnail back down towards the base of the index finger. You repeat this motion over each finger in time with your breath. You breathe in and you breathe out. You repeat this for five minutes and watch how your nervous system responds. You see, this works as the brain only has a certain capacity. While you're doing this and thinking about the feel of your fingers, the steady speed of the tracing finger, the breath going in and out, and the breath going out of your lungs, you don't have room in your brain to really feel anxious anymore. Yeah, that feels pretty relaxing, actually. Okay, let, let's shift the subject a little and talk a bit, uh, move from physical health to mental health. Mental health is a subject which, in spite of the growing acceptance in wider society is still difficult to talk about. And I know that in the short time we have today, we aren't really going to be able to provide a comprehensive overview of the landscape. But that said, it would be great for you, Kush, to share some of your experiences working within this space. What sorts of things could and should we be doing at this time to help our mental health? You are so right, Path, about the awareness of mental health, but also the stigma that currently comes with it. As optometrists, we are not immune to mental health challenges at all. And the key is actually to being open to seeking support from the right places. There are some techniques which I can recommend to aid our mental well-being, which I feel are important for us, not just in times of mental crisis, but on an ongoing basis. But I have to stress, none of these techniques are a substitute for professional assistance, but could be good habits for us all to develop. Okay. So what practical suggestions should we be implementing into our lives? Um, well, firstly, first one comes to mind is journaling. Taking time to write down your thoughts for five minutes a day. But by writing down these thoughts means you're downloading your reflections and anxieties from your mind to the page. Other methods such as adult colouring books can also help in a similar way. But secondly, the big one, mindfulness or meditation. If we sit and watch our minds, we see how it continually goes back to the past, replaying old experiences over and over again. At other times, it goes to the future, anticipating, perhaps even fearing or expecting things that haven't even happened yet. It's only when we let go of both sets of thinking that we experience the stillness of now being present. We actually get these moments in our lives all the time. They're in the big events, like seeing your child for the first time or hugging a loved one after an age, looking into the eyes of your first crush as a teenager or waiting for your driving test results. You see, we just need to learn to be present by choice, not circumstance. The more we learn to be present, the more we understand that our feeling of calm and contentment is in our ability to be in the present. You see, mindfulness helps you to be present more of the time. Headspace and Calm are two brilliant apps that you can download onto your phone that help with this. Also, there's Monster Meditation on YouTube. That's great if you want to do this with younger children. It sounds great, but um, most of us myself included, don't really have the time to sit in stillness. Well, I hear that a lot from many of my students. 
I mean, many do say that, oh, I'm too busy or I'm too stressed to calm the mind or my mind is always buzzing. How can I sit still? But that statement is actually like saying, um, my head hurts too much to take an aspirin or I'm way too hungry to eat right now. It doesn't actually make sense. While I do sympathize that we may feel quite rightly that in that moment, this is not going to alleviate all my stress. We do actually have to start somewhere. You see, at the beginning, it can be uncomfortable as we are not used to it, as we are so distracted. But if we are able to practice being present, free from distractions, then we give ourselves the opportunity to move from being someone who is experiencing the stress to someone who is witnessing the stress. When you have this perspective, as an observer to your emotions, it's much easier to learn to let go and get a greater sense of ease. What else can we be doing to help ourselves right now? Ah, this is a tough one, but it gives you great rewards. Practice social media distancing. Try and limit your intake of Facebook, Instagram or Twitter posts on the latest theories of COVID-19's association with 5G masks or aliens even. <laughs> You see, going down a social media wormhole will not only be time you will not get back, but it will raise your anxiety levels. You see, the world is not as perfect as the way in which you see it portrayed online. Very true. I mean, I know social media is an incredible tool, but it's been constructed by very, very smart people to get us to endlessly scroll and tap on our phones. Uh, can you suggest any other ways that we can stop ourselves aimlessly checking our phones every five minutes? Turning off the notifications on your phone is a good start. But also try to actually go through your apps and start to delete the ones that you never use. Better still, try to delete the ones which waste the most time. And if you find that too hard to do, then try to delete the worst offenders off your home screen of your phone. Yeah, great suggestion. What about moving away from phones to real life? Uh, what about connecting with people, you know, face-to-face -face or, at the moment, screen-to-screen? -screen? What kinds of things can we be doing? <laughs> so true. We have all had to embrace technology overnight. And not all of it is bad. I mean, Zoom chats, Google Hangouts are great ways to see people at the moment. Or you can go old school and call a friend with a phone. Try and get beyond talking just about COVID or the weather or Tiger King. And really find out how they really are doing in a deeper way. You see, from my time in the Samaritans, I find as optometrists, we're trained in a very different form of listening. As optometrists, we are trained to listen for a short period of time to get a lot of information. And then at the end of the test, we're expected to reply with a list of options and solutions. Listening as a Samaritan in a crisis situation is very much actually the opposite. It's listening for longer periods of time with possible silences and not really giving advice or lists of endless options at the end. It's actually about giving them space for that person to actually figure it out for themselves. But hey, it's not always about deep and intense and meaningful uh, conversations. What do you mean? Look, let me answer that with a question. At times like these, you have to ask yourself, what would the great composer Mozart do in isolation? 
he would undoubtedly write another chart-topping symphony, but did you know he famously was actually obsessed with fart jokes? I <laughs> know, really. I mean, we have to take a leaf out of his book in not only starting a new hobby or possibly learning an instrument, but also embracing humour as it is a great stress reliever. I wished I had learned to play the flute when I was younger, as then I could reminisce over that one time in band camp. But regardless of whether you can play an instrument, music is great at setting the mood. I mean, Barry White may not have worked on any of my first dates, but playing playlists of your university years or college years definitely de-stresses the mind, as it's like going back in time. Try this, go onto YouTube and play theme songs of old TV shows that you used to watch, and see if you can remember the words to, I don't know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Friends, or even Round the Twist. Last but not least, volunteer. If you're not classed as vulnerable, and you can, and you want to, and if you miss the connection of others, you can join the many organisations, including the Royal Volunteers, where there are numerous jobs and tasks. A good way to get out of your own head is to help others. So let's go back to the mental health part. What sorts of resources are there out there to help optometrists at this time? Thankfully, there are a host of charities that are available if you look online. But what I'd like to stress is that we don't have to wait for a code red to access them. Please don't wait to the last straw or the lowest of lowest crises to call. Helplines are actually a really good option to download your thoughts and feelings to feel better. I mean, the Samaritans, which is on 116123, although its aim is to reduce suicide, most calls are actually not about that. It's a phone line where people are standing by to listen to your thoughts and feelings in confidence without judgment. And like 999, it's the only volunteer helpline open 24-7. Helplines are not just for people who have no one. Sometimes it's actually much, much more freeing to talk to a trained professional stranger than a loved one. Contacting your GP is always an option, but currently there are long waiting times to be referred to a counsellor. A good alternative, especially if you're new to any of this, is an app called SpillChat. This is an app which provides affordable counselling where you can directly text a qualified counsellor and chat in confidence via text online. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you for that. Um, we're reaching towards the end of the show now. Uh, any final thoughts as we summarise today's session? Well, being a healthcare professionals, you are already seasoned and ready to lend a compassionate ear to others. But don't forget to use these very invaluable skills to listen to yourself to help reset your own body and mind when needed. Please don't be ashamed to raise a hand for help. Absolutely fantastic. I think today has been a very helpful session for me personally. Uh, as someone who's battled his own demons in the past, I feel that for our profession, these conversations should certainly be had and any remaining stigma eliminated. Lockdown will not be permanent and it seems as though we are starting to see the green shoots of a reopening. However, the cultural effects of COVID-19, such as fear of groups of people, are likely to stay for a while. There are a huge number of tips and strategies mentioned in this podcast that we should employ to ensure that we're taking care of ourselves. Our physical and mental well-being is vital 
in the many roles we play in our lives as sons, daughters, wives, husbands, friends, fathers, mothers, neighbours, and of course, optometrists, to many, many patients. We owe it, not only to ourselves, but to the very people that we serve to be in the best shape that we can be. And with that, I would like to thank Kush again for his company and excellent advice. Thank you, Parth, for having me. Absolute pleasure. Do remember to like, rate and subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you have any specific feedback, contact us through our Instagram or LinkedIn channels and be sure to keep up to date with our website for the latest guidance on COVID-19. I'm off now to buy a yoga mat and a lot for my fridge. Until next time, thanks for listening.